Good afternoon. God is good all the time. I bet everyone's glad to be in here escaping that feel like temperature of 116 out there. Whoa. If that's what hell is like, I don't want any part of it. Uh, did you know that uh, in the uh, Gospels, uh, do not be afraid is mentioned 365 times? Almost the same number of days we have in a year, 365. 365 times, it's almost like the Lord wants us to remember every day of our life, do not be afraid. You know, the preceding part of this fourth chapter of Matthew, 14th chapter of Matthew, talked about uh, feeding the 5,000. He took five loaves of bread and two fish, fed 5,000 men, not including women and children, and collected 12 wicker baskets full of fragments. Miracle number one. In our reading tonight, there are three more miracles. And if we look at that, we, we find that this is kind of strange because here it is, the late in the evening, must be late in the evening, the Jesus tells the disciples to get in the boat, perceive me, go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. I'll meet you over there. The Sea of Galilee is eight miles wide, 12 miles long, takes about two hours to sail across. Now, you would think that Peter and Andrew, for sure, probably uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, would know about sailing because they were fishermen. Jesus had found them as a fisherman. So they would know about that. So they headed off, not questioning what Jesus had said to them because I suspect it was strange to them that they took five loaves and two fish and suddenly filled 12 wicker baskets. They didn't want to question this guy. They get into the boat, they head out. Now these guys are a couple of miles off the shore. The wind comes up. I guess uh, that happens quite often in the Sea of Galilee. The wind comes up. The sea's rough. And they look out, and somebody is walking across the water. Now, they think it's a ghost. Now, that's not unusual for that time. In those days, people thought that if sailors that died on the Sea of Galilee would come back and haunt the waters. They would walk on the sea and they'd be present as ghosts. So that was an unusual thing, but it scared them to death. It would scare just about anybody. And Jesus said, it is I. Do not be afraid. Miracle number one, Jesus is walking on water. How incredible that must have been for these guys. Here he is, he fed all those people. Now we see him walking on water, and he's walking right toward us. Peter would have nothing to do with that right off the bat. He was always the guy who tested everything. Peter was a disciple of Christ. Now you got to remember what a disciple was back in those days. Hey, uh, we're all disciples by virtue of our baptism. Now, 
we got to give one another that. We're disciples by virtue of our baptism. But in those days, a disciple was just a little bit more. A disciple was someone who actually studied under the rabbi. There was a, a, a step process that the Jewish kids went through. The first step was called uh, Bates Affair, uh, the house of books. And these kids studied and they took the Old Testament from, from Genesis through De Deuteronomy, the first five chapters of the book called the Torah, the way, and they memorized the entire book, this entire section, those kids, six to 10 years old, memorized. The really good kids, the really good kids, the kids who had no problem with that, took one step further. They became, they studied called Beit Talmud, and that was the house of learning. Now these kids, they studied all the way through this. Now think of that. These kids, 10 to 16, memorized all of this. You kids in school now, think of that. They memorized all of this. Those kids that were really, really good took one step further, and they were called Beit Midrash, the house of study, and they would go to a rabbi and say, Rabbi, I'm ready to study under you, and the rabbi would say, oh, really? He said, he would ask them a question. He would say a sentence from this testament and they would either have to respond the sentence before or the sentence after that's how good they were those are 16 and older kids so here we are we're looking at Peter and Andrew James and John and the rest of the disciples and these guys are fishermen and Jesus walks along the shore and says I'd like you to follow me. I'm going to teach you to be fishers of men. Now imagine that. Imagine that these guys said, I'm not the best of the best. I, I mean, we don't know how far they made it in this, this study, but they probably didn't make it to the Midrash phase where they went to a rabbi and said, I want to be one of your disciples, but Jesus asked them to be a disciple. Now, what's so incredible about that? Jesus didn't go to the best of the best. He went to us. He went to all of us and says, I want you, I want you, I want you, I want all of you to be my disciple. And that's why Peter was so willing to step out of the boat. So Peter steps out of the boat. Now, there's a lot of wave, a lot of wind. Things are going not so good for those that are still in the boat. And Peter starts walking across the water. Miracle number two. Just like the rest of us, Peter starts to look around. He looks at the turmoil that's going on around him. Just like we do, we look at the turmoil that's going around in our life. And we think to ourselves, holy smoke, I'm sinking and I'm sinking fast. Nine times out of ten, what do we do? We yell, Lord, help me. You know, uh, 
My dad always said that um, we'd never seen a man in a foxhole who was an atheist. Every one of them would pray in time of trouble. I, I, I have to believe that each and every one of us in times of trouble, we stick out our hand and we say, Lord, help me. Peter was no different. Peter did the same thing. But you notice, Jesus did not calm the waves and the wind at that time. No, he let that turmoil continue, just like he does for us. Lord, help me. The Lord is there, his hands out, we grab it, we hang on to it, but the turmoil will continue around us. Jesus gets in the boat. Miracle number three, the winds are calm, the seas are calm. Now, you can imagine those that remained in the boat, imagine how they must have felt. Here we have this guy walking across the water towards us. We know he does some incredible things. We have one of our own who steps out on the water and walks across the water, and this Jesus grabs his hand and takes him even in the midst of the storm, brings him back to the boat, gets in the boat, and the winds are calm. And I think this part of the gospel is probably what Matthew was really trying to make us look at. This sentence right here. Those who were in the boat did in homage saying, truly, you are the son of God. You see, we all do that very same thing. We get in trouble. We stick out our hand. Lord, help me. We say a prayer. Lord, help me. And guess what? We wait. You know, I'm always reminded of that story about the man who drives around the parking lot at the mall, around and around and around. 45 minutes later, you still hadn't found a parking place. He stops and he looks up and he says, Lord, I've been driving, looking for a place to park. Please, please, please help me. I promise I'll go to church. I promise I'll do the right things. And right in front of him, a car backs out. And he looks up and says, don't worry, Lord, I found one myself. <laughs> Sometimes we feel like that. We forget this last sentence to thank the Lord. We forget that it's our responsibility to say, thank you, Lord. Thanks for the help. Thanks for being there. Thanks for being there to help me in times of need. We often lose our focus. We often do. But we, we have to remember this. When, when the things are the toughest, when the winds are the strongest, when the waves are the biggest, the stress is upon us, the Lord is always, always there willing to take our hand. Today, when we, when we approach the altar, just remember, the Lord on that cross is there with his hand outstretched, and he's asking you to trust him. 
I started with, uh, remember that be not afraid is 365 times in the Bible. Be not afraid. The Lord is there. Be not afraid. His hand is outstretched. As we start this day, as we end this day, remember, God is always with us. God will be there for us at the end of the day. Thank him and be not afraid. Amen.